As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Eagles 25, 49ers 20. Guys, to me, this is really simple. You look at offensive production today, the Eagles scored 18 points with their offense against the 49ers defense. When that happens, the 49ers offense must counter by netting at least 19 points, so we'll call it 20. 49ers needed 20 points from their offense today against the Eagles defense that has a very strong front. We knew that, and they failed miserably to deliver those 20 points. In fact, they even gave the Eagles at least seven points on a pick six, so they lose the game 25-20. to In the simplest terms possible, the 49ers' pass protection is not good enough against an elite front or a very good front without a very good quarterback. That's the way I see this. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's done this throughout you know, multiple years throughout 2017. We didn't see him enough in 2018, so it's hard to make a judgment. But he definitely did it in 2017. He definitely did it in 2019. And they're going to have to see it again from him in 2020. He has masked PAX protection issues for the 49ers, especially against good fronts like Philadelphia's today. And Nick Mullins just, just did not cut it for the 49ers today. Matt, the 49ers really need Jimmy Garoppolo back. Yeah, to your point, uh, this game reminded me a lot of last year's uh, week three win over the the Pittsburgh Steelers, another team from Pennsylvania. Uh, That also was following a two-week road trip on the East Coast. The 49ers came back, were disjointed in that game. Uh, Garoppolo threw two picks. He didn't look very good. The whole team didn't look very good. But in the end, he had a shot to win it, and he did on a last-second throw to uh, Dante Pettis, I think with about a minute and 15 seconds left. And that seemed to be the scenario that Nick Mullins was facing uh, after the Eagles scored late in the fourth quarter. He comes onto the field, has a chance to be the hero, and then promptly just throws a really, really awful pick. I mean, all picks are bad. Some picks are worse than others. And this one was just truly awful, uh, right into the guy's hands. And I I think if it had somehow gotten past that linebacker, I think it would have gotten picked by the the cornerback who was just squatting on that play himself. So, yeah, again, to your point, it, it shows the, the contrast between Jimmy Garoppolo and his backup. 
And, um, you know, the question now becomes, when's Jimmy Garoppolo coming back? They keep hinting at it, uh, but he still hasn't practiced yet. And those high ankle sprains, Dennis, you know it as well as anybody. Those can be uh, really tricky, and it, it sometimes it takes a long time to get back. But what are your thoughts coming off this, uh, this pretty bad loss? My thoughts are that the 49ers got a taste of their own medicine. A strong pass rush gets your quarterback rattled. You have a backup quarterback that looked like a backup quarterback. And Nick Mullins really never got into any kind of sync, any kind of rhythm. Started off started off the game off, missing a wide open Cal Juszczyk from the first snap and just never got on it. And once that pass rush started getting off and started going loose, I mean, you saw Nick Mullins just kind of look like a backup quarterback. So we talked about the keys to the game, and and, and the line of scrimmage was going to be the key to the game, and the 49ers got smacked in the mouth. They certainly did. This is the number that stood out to me. They took 15 quarterback hits, according to the box score today. That's the second most hits that 49ers quarterbacks have taken in a single game throughout the entire Shanahan era. You have to go back to a game against Arizona – when they dropped to 0-9 in 2017 and C.J. Beathard was the quarterback to see more quarterback hits, 16 in that game. So 15 today, 16 back there. And the reason I like quarterback hits as a stat to illustrate this is because I think that stat has two components to it. Obviously, poor offensive line play has to be part of it. The pass protection has to be bad for the quarterback to be hit that many times. But two, the quarterback also has to not be very confident. He has to be a little slow in releasing the ball. Jimmy Garoppolo, despite tons of offensive line issues throughout his tenure with the 49ers, has never been hit more than 10 times in a game. That was during his worst start of his 49ers career last year against Seattle in that game that went to overtime. Garoppolo took 10 hits, so that gives you an idea. I mean, most of the time, Garoppolo's only getting hit five, six times. In the Super Bowl, that was considered a lot because the Chiefs made the hits count. They only hit him six times in the Super Bowl. So today, Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard combined to get hit 15 times, and I can say... Many of those times, it was the fault of the offensive line. I mean, you had Mike McGlinchey play one of his worst games as a 49er. Trent Williams definitely played his worst game as a 49er. Just got pushed back into Mullen's lap by Derek Barnett, who's way lighter than him. Uh, Daniel Brunskill got beaten cleanly today. It was bad along the offensive line. But on top of that, C.J. Beathard played well. We'll get to that in a bit. But Nick Mullins did, just did not handle that pressure well, and it turned into those turnovers. So I see this as a multifaceted problem, Matt, and I think the quarterback hits really illustrate the multifaceted problem. And I think it's one, you know, you look and you say, how can the 49ers improve the pass protection? Well, I think they have who they have as far as offensive linemen. I think the only variable they can really improve is the quarterback. Thankfully for them... They've seen Jimmy Garoppolo succeed behind lines that allow pressure, and they're going to have to hope for that really quickly. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about uh, pressure, pressure up the middle at the end of last season, of course, in the Super Bowl, and, and how the 49ers would remedy that. They've gotten even worse in that regard, and you, you have to wonder whether that has to do with the, the weird offseason, not having a real training camp, not having a real preseason whether this line will coalesce at some point, but they seem to be getting a little worse with every game. And you're right, Trent Williams, I became a bit obsessed with that during the game because he had been so good, like really good, like the best offensive line play I'd ever seen before, really. But as good as he was in in weeks one through three, he was just terrible today. I mean, I started watching him specifically 
he would come off the ball, even on running plays, and just whiff on the guy that he was supposed to hit. This happened multiple times, that he just didn't, he didn't make contact with anyone. This is a seven-time Pro Bowler. It got me thinking, this guy has to be something wrong with him. He has to be unhealthy, uh, injured in some way. But I asked that of Kyle Shanahan afterward. He said, no, he's perfectly fine. Just the whole offense was off rhythm, uh, Trent Williams included. But, you know, the, the O-line MVP through four weeks, it might be Ben Garland, the, the backup center. Because everybody else has some real big screw-ups on their record. Lakin Tomlinson has been beaten one-on-one a lot. You can't leave Daniel Brunskill on one-on-one on anybody. He gets beaten like a drum. And McGlinchey was terrible when they needed him the most in this game. So, you know, top to bottom along that old line, you're right. They, they're not going to be able to get better. There's nobody nobody great just sitting out there in free agency. You can say the same thing about defensive end, too. They're going to need one of those as well. But the old line has just been... Uh, atrocious, especially in this game. It's amazing what what the difference a week can make. Last week we were talking about Nick Mullins, how great he was, the offensive line, how they played well. This week, you know, it was the run game was there's a there was a few big plays, not enough, a lot of negative plays early in drives that kind of set up third and long, and the offensive line just got shellacked. So, you know, and, and we talked about the interior of the offensive line being kind of the weak spot. We saw the outside. I saw McGlinchey getting beat back-to-back on speed and power. So yeah. this team has to get better. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it was. Folks were saying that this is normal after being two weeks on the East Coast and coming back, you're playing kind of flat. I don't think the team was flat. I just think they got their arses whipped tonight. I think they, I think the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles came out a little desperation, and they just smacked them in the mouth. You saw Wentz get a lot of confidence throughout this football game. I think you saw a good game plan, getting Carson Wentz outside, some of that read option stuff, build his confidence up. And then he looked like the old Carson Wentz. You couldn't sack the guy. And the 49ers got to figure out, you know, this pass rush. That secondary's beat up. I know Richard Sherman's coming back. But that defensive front is just not getting it done now. Deion Jordan was beat on several, several run plays. You just didn't see it. And Ziggy now is going to go on IR. You got you to gotta go out and find somebody. And I'm thinking maybe someone young on someone's practice squad. But... You got to get better all the way around. I don't think the Niners were flat. I think they just got their arses slapped. We'll be back after this. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
Well, Ziggy Ansah probably tore his biceps muscles, so the 49ers got six quarters out of him. That's just one disaster after another. But, you know, that's why guys are on pitch counts when they they come cold turkey off the street. It's why Jordan Reed only took 10 snaps in the first game. You know, you see today Debo Samuel came back, but he was on a pitch count, and the 49ers were very strict about that. Didn't put him in there uh, later on in the game. So with Ziggy Anza, they needed that help at the edge of the defensive line. He comes in off the street, hasn't played in a while, tears his biceps. I mean, it's it's brutal luck, but you know that's the risk you have to start playing when you are picking up guys cold turkey off the street. Speaking of cold turkey, if there was a positive today, I think we do have to, to mention it. C.J. Beathard was obviously, I think, going through a tough weekend because you remember his brother Clay, who was uh, killed last year, late last year, stabbed to death. It was supposed to be Clay's 23rd birthday yesterday, the day before the game. And uh, C.J. Beathard posted about it on Instagram, and it was a long, heartfelt poem and post that he, you know, kind of a prayer that he posted for for his late brother. And then C.J. found his way into the game today after the Nick Mullins pick six. 49ers were down two scores, less than five minutes to go. C.J. Beathard comes into the football game and plays as well as we've seen him play as a 49er. He had to throw 19 passes in about four minutes of game time, went 14-19, 138 yards, and absolutely gave the 49ers a chance to win the game, all the way down to, I thought, a very well-thrown Hail Mary at the end that the 49ers couldn't come down with, but... I mean, you talk about, you know, just a gutsy performance. Mike McGlinchey was getting smoked on every single down by Brandon Graham, and uh, that meant that C.J. Beathard was getting smoked too, yet he still somehow stood in there, and I think you just have to tip your cap because C.J.'s had a lot of struggles over his time as a 49er, Matt. Obviously went through that family tragedy, which he was reminded of a lot this weekend, but he found a way to give his team a shot to win today. So I think that the 49ers locker room probably really appreciated his performance. Yeah, and I think the scenario really benefited C.J. Beathard too. I mean, his his issue has been sort of processing and maybe overthinking things um, coming in cold turkey, as you said, you know, being down by a couple of scores and, and just really just having to, to move quickly. Uh, I think that was a, a nice jolt for him. And, and he, um, he answered the bell, he played really well. Uh, I think only five incompletions and a couple of those are, are spikes uh, to stop the clock. I mean, he struck me when I was watching training camp. I said to myself, this guy looks different than, than how he looked in the past. And um, he really worked on his body this offseason. I think a lot of that was due to his brother's death that, um, you know, CJ needed something to do, something to occupy himself. uh, And he really pushed himself in the weight room like he hadn't before. And uh, that shows in his physique. And I just wonder whether that, uh, you know, that helps him as a quarterback all around. He looks different, both he and Nick Mullins. we've, We've talked about this in the past are going to be free agents uh, at the end of the season. Mullins is going to be a restricted free agent. Uh, Beathard is going to be an unrestricted free agent. The 49ers will have some decisions to make at that uh, at that position. And so uh, this might be the only snaps that uh, these guys get this year. We should note that when Shanahan was asked about Garoppolo coming back, he said he didn't know whether uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was going to practice. He hasn't practiced since week two. I don't know what the chance is, but there's a possibility that Mullins or, or Beathard starts against the 
the Dolphins, and I would say it's it's probably going to be Beathard at this point uh, because of Mullen. <laughs> what a just, wild uh, ride! Just a stinker <laughs> of a performance on Sunday. Uh, but uh, yeah, Dennis, what did you think of uh, of number three out there? He, he looked a little bit better than he has in the past. The Eagles were up by two touchdowns. I don't remember what was left. It wasn't much left in the game. Maybe under five minutes. Yeah, four or so. Defense was a little lax. The middle of the field, they were they were letting everything kind of go in front cj yes he completed some passes i think him and nick mullins that's going to be the decision but this team needs jimmy garoppolo back i mean if you want to have an efficient offense i think you see today every team now you know you're going to stack the box on a nick mullins you're going to try to get pressure on him now cj has a strong arm that's why i i really think shanahan brought cj bethard in the game because he was he needed some throws down the field and i think cj has a a better arm, a strength as far as some of the, the the passes to stretch a defense, but you know you come in a situation you're you're, you're two touchdowns behind, you're going to complete a lot of passes because you're not going to run the ball. Nothing's going to get behind a defense, so you're going to catch everything in front of you. So you know he looked good coming off the bench with you know being behind two two scores. I I don't know if I can see CJ in a starting role where a team can kind of game plan plan him. And I think that's what you've seen in Nick Mullins. Last week, we were on his bandwagon. You know, we we were talking, this is the man. At least I was, I know. <laughs> and then you see a team kind of gets after him a little bit, and he gets a little bit rattled. So this team needs Jimmy Garoppolo back. You need you need that experience. You need that poise in the pocket. You need you need that. These two guys, I think, I don't think there's much that separates these two guys. I think you can get in their head a little bit, and you can game plan them a little bit. As soon as you start talking about Nick Mullins or, or C.J. Beathard as – uh, you know, who should be the quarterback of the 49ers, you are simply talking about rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. You are you are not leading this toward the playoffs or the Super Bowl with either of those two guys. I mean, the stat that we just cannot repeat enough is that the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan are 22-6 and six when Jimmy Garoppolo starts and 5-21 and 21 when somebody else starts. Again, 22-6 and six with Jimmy Garoppolo, 5-21 and 21 with someone else, and that goes across different samples. 2017, Garoppolo was playing without a defense, or at least without the defense they have now. He was playing without an offensive line in 20. 2017. They got better up front in 2019, but they're st- they still ranked number 26 in all these offensive line metrics, and he still did a lot of good stuff. So, yes, I mean, Mullins, Bethard, that's a short-term question in case Garoppolo isn't ready to go next week. They play one of the worst-ranked defenses in the league in the Miami Dolphins, so I do think the 49ers can beat the Dolphins with Bethard starting or with Mullins starting, but it's what happens after that that is going to determine whether or not this football season can be a success for the 49ers, and that's the gauntlet. They start with the Rams. They go to face the Patriots. Then they go to Seattle. I mean, it, it, that's going to be like a six- or seven-week week stretch that includes two games against the Rams, finishes off with a game against Buffalo. We know they're good this year. That uh, I think it's very clear after what we saw today that the 49ers can't not expect to, to survive that stretch without Jimmy Garoppolo. And another thing they won't be able to survive with is a productive running game because that's what this offense relies on. And the running backs today average 3.5 yards per carry. That's mainly Jarek McKinnon. George Kittle, I asked him about it and the lack of efficiency. And 
he straight up said that the you know the tight ends and the tackles are the centerpieces of this running game of rushing efficiency for the 49ers Kittle thinks that the 49ers are the potential to be the best rushing team in football in that regard he said they were last year they proved it in the NFC championship game but he mentioned Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey by name and then he you know mentioned the tight ends as a group and he said today was not up to the standard and this season hasn't been up to the standard the 49ers need to find a way to efficiently start running the ball again I don't know if that means they need Raheem Mostert back or uh, Tevin Coleman to soften defenses but whatever they need it needs to happen because that's the spine of the offense and that's going to help Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever's playing quarterback out because you have that structure to the offense that they just haven't been able to find yet this year. Yeah, it was a little bit odd today. You mentioned sort of softening the defense, and that's been Tevin Coleman's job uh, over the last year, and it conceivably is something that Jeff Wilson can do as well. So you didn't really have to go uh, away from that uh, approach, and yet Wilson didn't get into the game at all. Not, not Not a carry, not a single snap until you know, uh, well into the second half. So I didn't think that Jarek McKinnon played poorly at all. I, I thought he was eking out yards there that didn't exist a lot of times. I mean, I talked about the Trent Williams whiffs. I mean, uh, Jarek McKinnon had to deal with those and, and dealt with it well. Uh, it was the blocking today. And um, I can't begin to offer an explanation for what was going on. But there was definitely something, some oddball thing happening and uh, maybe you just uh, erase it in your mind as a as a one week uh, mirage. But uh, it was it was weird. You know, a couple of guys said that the Eagles were were doing things that uh, the 49ers didn't game plan for, didn't expect. But they should be able to adjust. I mean, this is a line that's been mostly together for the last two seasons. So unexplainable right now. Maybe we can chalk it up to the weird road trip and just being in a funk for one week after that. But as Dennis keeps saying, some, somebody got their arses kicked and it was mostly the <laughs> uh, the old line in this game. Jerick McKinnon, I don't think he's a guy that, you know, wants to run between the tackles. I mean, he, he had some he had some nice runs today, offensive line, like, like we've been saying. They, they got beat up. But I think I don't know if McKinnon is the kind of guy that that wants to run between the tackles. He's the kind of guy that you want to get kind of mismatch, you know, one on one with a linebacker or something where he can get into, into space. Uh, Raheem Moster, I mean, he he's a guy that again this offense misses. I mean, we can talk about the injuries, you know, it's not an excuse, but you know, just explaining. I think some of the the hiccups in this offense, you're just missing some 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 important guys in the skill positions, and you know, a lot of guys stood up today. Again, I mean, Brandon Ayuk, he's, I mean, I think he's a superstar in the making, you know. So I think when this when this when this offense can get back with Jimmy Garoppolo, get Raheem Molster, and get some of these guys, you know, back up to 100% health, I think you'll have an explosive offense. But today, you just didn't see it, and. Like you said, Matthew, it's it's it, it was weird. It, I mean, from the first series, it was kind of like there's something off here, and you just kind of hope they got in sync, and it just never got in sync. Before the 49ers got behind big, they had two really productive drives under Nick Mullins. They are both 75-yard drives. The first one, you alluded to it, Dennis, that was the Brandon Ayuk highlight reel. That play is going to be circling around on the NFL's 2020 highlight tape forever. I mean, that was awesome hurdle, got him out in space. It was technically a run because Mullins threw it backwards to Ayuk, but that hurdle at the end of the play was something else, and and I think that the 49ers have a lot to be excited with there. And then uh, in the second half, they went 12 plays, 
75 yards, really methodical, did exactly what, what they had to do, and they scored the touchdown. I mean, George Kittle had 15 catches for 183 yards. His only blemish was dropping a two-point conversion later in the game, but he was awesome coming back. The, the 49ers were just didn't see enough of that, and that's what happens when, uh, A, the pass protection isn't good, and, B, the quarterback, doesn't play well as you know was the case with Nick Mullins you just miss too many opportunities you fall behind schedule it's second and 10 too often it's third and 10 too often and it all really circles down the drain so we're gonna have a lot to talk about this week because a the 49ers need to start getting healthier they need to start returning some guys like Richard Sherman uh, like Jimmy Garoppolo obviously and they need to really begin you know zeroing in on the tough stretch that's coming up starting in week six needless to say they need a win in week five but the offense just needs to be better and the defense needs to heal so that this team can play the complementary football that we're used to it playing so we'll be back with you guys when we have a little bit more material to see where the 49ers can go from here all we know is that they were not good enough on sunday night and they need some reinforcements to get better moving forward anyway for matt barrows and dennis brown this is david lombardi we'll talk to you guys next time